Krishana was just short of 11 years old in May of 1992, the day Cranice Jones, her three-year-old baby sister and a newly made friend, two-year-old Lemoyne Allen went missing. Though just a child herself, she remembers the events of that day very clearly. I don't know how much time went by, but my mom came by and asked me if I had seen my sister, and that's when it all started, Krishana said. All hell broke loose. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. May 10th, 1992. The day started like any other Sunday in Woodville, Mississippi, in church. The New Jerusalem Baptist Church, to be exact, and today was special because today was Mother's Day. Now, Woodville is a very small town with less than a thousand residents, according to the 2020 census. And there are a few new faces in today's crowd. Being Mother's Day and all, the church was packed. Amongst those visiting was Carla Russell and her two daughters, 11-year-old Krishana and 3-year-old Cranice. Carla was dating a man named Tyrone Edwards at the time. It was a new relationship as Carla had just split up with her husband of six years two months earlier. Now the couple had been invited to the afternoon service in Mississippi by Tyrone's nephew, Glenn Edwards, and his wife, Leola Jackson, the unofficial guardians of two-year-old Lemoyne Allen. The couple had also mentioned a potluck hosted by the Jackson family after the service on the Jackson family property. Carla had planned on attending a barbecue with her family later that day in Louisiana, where she and Tyrone lived, but thought it would be fun to attend the event at the Jackson home first. Glenn and Leola were bringing their young son and Lemoyne, and there would be plenty of other children there, as the Jacksons were a large, very tight-knit family. Now, the events of that day took place on a stretch of road that was occupied by Jimmy Jackson and his extended family, and the party would drift from one house to another as the day progressed. Now, Jimmy Jackson was owner and operator of Jimmy Jackson Grocery, which sat at the beginning of the long stretch of Rocky Road off of Highway 24. The small store operated out of an old house. With a large wraparound porch, it was the perfect place for men and women to gather and chat as they awaited the meal. Tyrone and Glenn were doing just that, as the women, Carla and Leola, were inside a house that sat just behind the store, prepping things for dinner. The two small children, Lemoyne and Cranice, were playing outside the store with Krishana and a few of the other older kids. Krishana and another girl around her age were sent to another home to deliver items for the meal. As she was walking down the road, she turned and noticed little Cranice and little Lemoyne was following them. The other girl walking with Krishana told her to wait and she would walk the little ones back to the store, and then they continued down the road. But Cranice and Lemoyne were not happy about being left out of the big kids group, so they went inside and complained to Tyrone, and he told them to go catch up with the older girls. He watched from the store porch as the small children headed in the direction of the house Krishana and the other kids had gone to. The last time Tyrone saw them, they were walking over a small footbridge that ran over a creek that separated two of the homes.
So at this point, everyone believes the little ones are with someone else. Tyrone and Carla and Leola think they're with the older kids, and the older kids believe that they stayed back with the adults. So it's a few minutes before anyone realizes that they are actually missing. But once it is discovered, the family switches gears. They leave their plates behind to begin a frantic search. Lemoyne is first noticed to be missing. When Carla hears that they can't find the little boy, she heads out to see where the children are. Finding Krishana with the older kids, she asks about Krenice. Here's a quote from Krishana and how she remembered the events of that day. My little sister was just trying to come because she always wanted to be with me. Tasha said that she would walk her back to the store. We went back to the house, and I don't know how much time went by, but my mom came by and asked me if I had seen my sister. That's when it all started. All hell broke loose." End quote. It's at this time that Carla becomes aware that her child is missing too. The attitude at first is calm, but nervous, as the family just believes the children are most likely at one of the properties. The road the Jacksons live on is about 300 yards and surrounded by trees on all sides except the entrance where the grocery store is. The store sits just off a highway, Highway 24. So the family divides out and starts searching. About a half hour goes by before it's established that they are nowhere to be found. So the police are called just before 5 p.m. And within the hour, the Jacksons Road is covered in police officers, men from the fire department and even inmates from the local prison in an effort to locate the missing children. The Louisiana State Penitentiary in Angola is America's largest maximum security prison, home to about 5,400 inmates, most of which are there for life. It sits just across the Mississippi border in Louisiana. The prison is also famous because of some of their employees, and these employees have been informed that there are two missing children just down the road, so they jump into action. The famous bloodhounds of Angola are brought in to aid in the search. Around 55 dogs are employed at any time, and these dogs are trained to find narcotics, patrol the prison borders, and of course, track down escaped convicts. The dogs were brought in the same day the children went missing and were given Cronice's shoes for a scent reference. They pick up her scent almost immediately. Then they retrace the little girl's path all the way back to the Jackson grocery store where they promptly lose the trail. Because his family was visiting, there was nothing of Lemoyne's to track, but because the two were last seen together, it's assumed that they were together when they went missing. Because the trail was lost at the top of the road near the highway, the best assumption at this point by the police is that they were picked up in a car. Now remember, this is 1992, so at this point there's no such thing as the Amber Alert. Speaking of, if you want to learn more about the Amber Alert and how it came to be in 1996, you can join our Patreon and listen to our episode on Amber Hagerman. So anyways, the 1992 version of the Amber Alert goes out, which is basically putting missing children on the evening news. And news reports included the description of an unidentified blue compact car allegedly seen in the area at the time the children vanished. The car was said to have a false convertible top, chrome hubcaps, and dark tinted windows. And someone linked to one of the kids happens to drive a car that matches the description on the evening news. And his name is Gregory Allen, Cronice's father and Carla's ex. But Gregory has a solid alibi for the time the children went missing. He worked all day Sunday, and then had dinner with his mother and sister in Louisiana hours away from Woodville. He's eventually ruled out as a suspect. Mm -hmm. 
Carla and Krishana believe to this day that the information about the suspicious car was actually fed to the police on purpose so they would look into Gregory. One witness said she drove by and saw the two small children playing close to the highway. She was concerned as she didn't see any adults out with them and hesitated for a moment and thought of stopping. But when she peered at the clock and saw it was almost four, she knew she was late for her own gathering, so she continued on. Now the first time anyone noticed the kids were missing was about 20 minutes after four. So the only window for their abduction was the 20 minute time that they were alone. This helped lead police to the conclusion that Gregory could not have been involved at all. Many people were interviewed and came under suspicion, but no sign of the children were ever found. Seven years after Cronice and Lemoyne were abducted, Carla receives a letter from a woman named Miss Cook from Buffalo, New York, and in this letter, she claims to have Cronice. Cook allegedly believed that her own daughter had been abducted while staying with a family out of state and had been swapped out for Cronice. However, by the time Carla was able to go through the proper channels to establish contact, Cook had been taken to court and no longer knew the whereabouts of the girl she believed to be Cronice. Then, in 2012, Carla was told by a relative of Lemoyne that the little boy was alive, and they now went by a different name. Carla was also told that Cronice was alive and well, living in Texas, and had recently given birth to her third child. The trail led to a young woman named Brittany. When Krishana contacted her, at first Brittany became upset and denied any possibility that she could have been Cronice. Quote, when I first met her, I had chills in my body just looking at her. Carla said. I traveled to them and took a DNA test. Brittany hugged me, kissed me, and cried. We talked before she left." End quote. But when the results came back, it was heartbreaking news. Brittany was not a DNA match. But despite the results, Carla can't move past the fact that Brittany looks like her daughter and has a very similar scar behind her ear, like Cronice did. Brittany visited Carla during the holidays two years in a row and Carla still buys gifts for Brittany's children. Here's a quote from Carla. It said the DNA didn't match, but I think Brittany is Cronice. I really do, she said. And given the DNA wasn't a match, Krishana had continued her search for her sister and the truth about what happened to them that day. Over 30 years later, she's still struggling to put the pieces together. Krishana has submitted a DNA sample through Ancestry.com in hopes that one day her little sister will appear as a match. Until then, she's not losing hope. Cronice Jones was born November 30th, 1988, and would be 34 years old now. She is black with brown hair and brown eyes. There are age-progressed photos in the links below the description of this episode. Lemoyne Allen was born July 23rd, 1989. He would be 33 this year. He is also black with black hair and brown eyes. His progress photos are also in the links below. If you have any information, please contact the Mississippi FBI at 601-948-5000. That's 601-948-5000.
All right. So there's the mysterious disappearance of Lemoyne Allen and Crenice Jones. Mm -hmm. And it's another one of those aggravating missing persons cases. And I hate that this took place so long ago, yeah. 30, over 30 years ago. Um, and then we still don't have any answers. That is terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, it is kind of encouraging to know that they could still be alive. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, but it's not encouraging that they don't have any suspects, though. For who took these children yeah, and that, why? That's the worst part about it. Why? Yeah. Take them. I saw a story the other day that kind of gave me hope for this one because it was these two girls who had been abducted mm -hmm. 30 years ago. Oh, really? And they, they've just been located. Yeah. They're still alive. They were living in Texas with their mom. Their mom had Oh, my God. Had in Texas. Yes. Oh, with their mom. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But that's the okay. thing. They've been looking. Now, they've all been on the run for 30 years. Yeah. So they're... It, I don't know. It just kind of gives hope to this case that maybe somebody's still going to find them. But we can rule out the father, Gregory, right? Uh, you don't think so? Eh. I, okay, I do. But my theory is that they were just abducted by a random person. Yeah. That saw the opportunity. That's what you most likely believe. Yeah. That saw the opportunity of these kids alone and just stopped and picked them up. And so it's just a coincidence, or maybe it is a conspiracy that Gregory's car was described to police on okay. the day of. There's some de discrepancies with that, and the issue with what is the description with with the whole situation. The issue is that the man who reported seeing this car works for the church. Okay. Okay. And it's believed that he was told by Leola mm -hmm. about um, Gregory's car. And what it looks like. And, okay. and then was told to call the police because she didn't want to call and and point the finger at him. So she got this man to do oh. it. Oh. Yeah. So the problem is, though, he was at work, right? Mm -hmm. So he's at work and his car is there. Like, I don't I don't believe it's his car that was seen if any car was seen. Right. Um, I do believe it's possible that a car was seen, though. But um, because I believe they were picked up. But... um. Obviously, they were. The dogs lost the scent. There's, mean, a, there's a few weird things, though, about Gregory's story still. And that one is that he was not supposed to work Sunday. Not supposed to work? Nope. Like, wasn't on the schedule? He was not on the schedule. He uh -oh. asked his boss, like, the night before uh -huh. if he could work on Sunday. Interesting. Right. But it could just be that he needed the money also. Or he needed right? the alibi. Exactly. And that's what some people are claiming, that he was trapped trying to establish an alibi, yeah, and then he sent someone else to pick up the children. My only problem with that is like, well, then why would he take why would two he use kids? His own, why would he use his own car, and why would he take a kid he didn't know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you could have just left that kid yeah, and picked up your own kid and left. So, yeah. like, that kind of rule, doesn't rule it out because he has a little bit of a um, jealous streak with Carla where okay. there there were some issues early on when they separated. Um, of course, there's month, always issues. A month before the children went missing, um, Carla's house was set on fire. Oh, my. And That's a big issue. He was never pinned as the person to do it, but Gregory was under suspicion for the event. Okay. Okay. And then there's a gray area. But he has area. not even been charged with that. No, he was never charged. Let alone charged convicted. With there's a gray area where somebody told the police that Gregory had taken his daughter on two separate occasions before this. Oh, no. Without permission. But Carla, to this day, and Krishana, uh, her daughter. his sister. Right. Yeah. 
they both say that that never happened. Uh huh. That he didn't do this. They don't. They they don't point the finger at him at all. Okay. I think this is really a situation Gr- where it's two families who do not know each other, and very well. You know, they just met. Right. And when a child goes missing or or something like that, that's extreme. It's going to push you to the extreme and not knowing the people you're around is going to cause you to just instantly mistrust everyone. Absolutely. Especially the the new people. The stories (laughs) are like very, he said, she said, they're Uh very conflicting. Everyone had a different report as to when this happened, how it happened. Like as far as when exactly the children went missing. Right. Um, you know, because there was that little window of oh, the, like there minutes. was them, yeah, mm-hmm. and where everybody believed someone else had them. I mean, that's plenty of time. It is twenty plenty. minutes. Somebody could have picked them up and done been in the next county. Yep. And you're on a straight shot highway. Yeah. Right? So I'm saying there's a highway right there. Yeah. That's that's frustrating. And what really sucks is like they're kind of on that border of Louisiana, Mississippi too. Yeah. That's why they brought in the docks. And, I mean, that just means that all that area close to them that belonged to Louisiana was not, probably not searched because it was a totally different, um, uh, what would you call it? Uh, jurisdiction. Jurisdiction. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you couldn't get all these people to just search everything, you know. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't even know what to put out. There's no description of a car. The, the description of this car came in five days after. Yeah. The and then it came in through... Yeah, Leola through. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. The fact that she didn't want to go herself means that she was just planting. She was just like, let's just have him to get checked out, and if we give him this hint, they'll at least check him out. Right. I think I think that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. They were like, and I mean, right? Nobody's checking him and out. He like, did take try to take the girl on like two separate occasions. Yeah. And so. Uh, it's like you yeah, can't even blame him for for kind of not throwing him under the bus, but you know, throwing a little light on him. Yeah, I don't think he has anything to do with it, but it's yeah, still. I don't a, think so either. They would know by now. It's a big gray area, though. Yeah, it's like that is you got some weird shit, but he's not the only one. Does he live in Texas now? Uh, no, he lives in Louisiana, mm. not far from, or I don't know now, yeah. but that's where he did live at, at the, the time, time. He lived across the state line mm-hmm. on the Mississippi side. Yeah. Well, he lived in Louisiana. They all lived yeah. in Louisiana. Okay. And the, uh, Carla and them, you know, went to Mississippi to, for this event. And okay. he didn't even know they were going to Mississippi that day. Right. So, like, that's another thing. He didn't even know they were going to this event. They just kind of decided at the last minute. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, let's go with that. Mm-hmm. We got time. Let's go. We'll go to it first, and then we'll go to the barbecue later. And, yeah. Yeah. So, he, I don't think he's a sus- like he has anything to do with it. Yeah. But who knows? But also, like I said, I feel like at this point something would have came up by now. Right, it's been a long time. Okay. Also, though, uh, Lemoyne's father. Uh huh. Okay, we haven't even met him yet. Right. His name is Terrell Allen. Okay. Okay. He is Glenn Allen's brother. Okay. And Glenn had Lemoyne that day. Right? right. Okay. Terrell is stationed in Alaska at this time because he's in the military. Okay. And there were people during the time when the boy, when the children went missing, there were people pointing fingers at him and saying that he was suspicious. Mm-hmm. And what's really sad is like Lemoyne was with his mom up until like a month before this happened. Okay. And then she sent him to live with, with his aunt and uncle, with his grandmother. Actually, she's oh. the legal guardian. Okay. Yeah. 
But um, so she sent him to Mississippi and allowed him to go stay with his father's family. Right. And um, she was in California finishing up school. And when she got done, she was going to get him back. And then, you know, they were going to live together. Uh-huh. But um, th- there's this theory going around that Terrell is involved somehow and got somebody to snatch his child again. Why would they snatch two children? Yeah. Maybe they didn't know. They're like, oh, man, which one? Oh, no, take them both. Well, it's a boy and a girl. Did you not even know whether or not it was a boy or a girl? Um, i <laughs> Obviously but, not um, funny, but. No, but um, so he's in Alaska. She's in California. Mm-hmm. and But the controversy comes even before LeMoyne was born because Terrell was 24. Okay. And LeMoyne's mom was 16. Uh-huh. Okay, he's 24 and in the military. Yeah. And he has a child with a 16-year-old. Yeah, that's not good. So they, you know, there's this rumor that maybe he's involved to cover this up. But um, another source... I mean, is he like high-ranking military? Another source I listened to brought up that they were like, why would they do this at all? Because at this point, no one knows about the baby. And this this instance, if he goes and kidnaps the child, that brings... I know, but kidnapping the child brings attention to the situation. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and they're kind of right. Or she was kind of right. I was like, leaving the child alone the way it was, he didn't have issues with the mom at that point. They mm-hmm. were, you know, everything was going fine. There was no reason for him to do this. Right. You know, other than people don't know who else would be, who was involved. Right. And so they were, they're just, I don't know. I feel like they're trying to dig on this one. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. That's There's, a crazy conspiracy. So we got one more theory? One more theory. Okay. Okay. Leola's, because this is it's so huge because these yeah, kids are Yeah, you might have to listen to this one twice. To yeah, really these get. kids aren't related at all. So it's like two giant families right. that are, and they're like kind of connected in that like, you know, Tyrone's and Glenn's uncle and, and all this mess. So it's like they're tied in together, but they don't really know each other. Right. But so Leola... Uh-huh. who is uh, LeMoyne's aunt. Right. Um, has a uncle named Reginald Jackson. Okay. Okay. And he, I'm pretty sure, is still the sheriff of this county. Okay. And it, but, but na- back in 1991, there was like some um, voter fraud going on around his election. He ran for... Sheriff in 91, and he wins by only 16 votes. But it's okay. a small-ass town, remember? Right, right. Even then, I think there were like 1,500 people. But still, yeah, 16 votes is a big difference. Absolutely. So a month into him winning this, he gets pulled out of office because uh, a judge claims that there was jo- uh, voter fraud. Okay. And they have another election, and he wins again. This time by a much larger margin. Okay. Okay. So he's instated as sheriff. A lot of people believe that maybe these children were snatched because they knew that they relate were related to the Jackson, to Reginald Jackson. Right. And they did it like as a retaliation thing. Okay. Because we know the attitudes of these small backwood towns and especially mm-hmm. around the early 90s. Yeah. So maybe they snatched these kids did Reginald live in this little stretch of property as well? No, that's the thing, though. It's like he's yeah. he's Leola's uncle, 
but he doesn't live on that street. He wasn't there that day. He was at his own family's. He was just a different branch of the Jackson family. Okay. okay. And he was at his event with his family. Okay. So, but people think maybe it had something to do with it because the attitude around it was like really like your side, my side at the time. Mm-hmm. And people were split. They either absolutely hated the fact that he won or, or they supported him completely. Yeah. So there were people that were a problem, I guess. And so the theory comes out that maybe somebody just was like, oh, that's the Jackson house or that's the Jackson family. Right. And right. saw the opportunity with the kids walking down the road. Possibly. And then thought that they could get back at this man. But there was never a ransom made or anything like that. Yeah, right. You would think that they would try to bring attention to that. They would would want credit or they would want him to know that it was done because of his election thing in order to get him to step down. Right, yeah. Right? And what's the point of just doing something random Mm -hmm. to get back at someone? They don't even, you know. Like maybe they were trying to make him look bad because he's sheriff and his family goes missing. You see what I'm saying? Like that was kind of like the deal, but okay. I'm like he's. It's like I said, it's not his immediate family. Right, it's just right. a branch of his his related Jackson family. Yeah. So he's, he's, yeah, he's pretty far extended far, from his kids. It seems far fetched. So I I think the most likely theory is that it was just someone driving down the highway who saw opportunity, possibly still a resident of Woodville. Hmm. I mean, there's only yeah. 1,500 people. I feel like I the know. whole town should have been searched. Seriously. Like, I feel like you could have went door to door at those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for With, sure. For two small children. But I mean, come on. It is off a highway. So, they yeah, may so not, they there may not anywhere. be nothing to search. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They might not be anywhere in that area. And they're right on the state line, too. They're crossing yeah. jurisdictions. Starts getting messy. The yeah. police, you know, communication starts slowing down. Exactly. Yeah. It's so, so if you had to, if you had to say, Dead or alive? What do you, what do you think? You think they're still alive today, or? Oh my gosh! I, it seems awful to think that they wouldn't be. It's right? like children taken that young. It's like unless you're some type of like awful sex predator or something like that. Like there's no reason to kill them because you can, you know, you can win their love, yeah. their affection at that yeah, age. Yeah, you can groom them. You easier. can groom them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And if somebody wanted kids. Or wanted to sell them human trafficking, whatever. Like, yeah, they're much easier to groom at that point. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I hope they're alive. And I do hope that uh, that's one good, you know, thing that comes out of DNA and all that mess is that hopefully a lot of people like this who, you know, because I I see stories like this all the time where people go missing and years and years and years later they're found because of DNA. That's true. Which is cool. I'm glad. I'm glad at least that good comes out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of good comes out of it. A lot of uh, criminals are be- being caught now. That too, you know? yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of assholes who, you know, They're sweating. raped They're or killed people <laughs> 20, 30 years ago. And all they're waiting for is that one relative mm-hmm. to put in that. God damn it. Right? <laughs> right. you're fucked. They're sitting so. at home sweating because mm-hmm. they got nieces and nephews that are young. And they're like, them yep. sons of bitches is going to get me caught. <laughs> Everybody wants another DNA. Yeah. <laughs> they don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's pretty much it uh, for this case. Excellent case. Um, we have another Mississippi case coming up in two weeks. Next week's will next week will be Sandu Stories. Mm-hmm. Our part three of the experiment will come out uh, next week on Patreon, and you will hear me and Andy on Strange Shorts here on the free platform. But the week after that, we have another. Oh my God! Just infuriating, infuriating case. case that also takes place in Mississippi. 
Um, I can't wait to get into this one because this case needs awareness. Yes. This case needs to be spread. Right now. So like I said, in two weeks, be another Mississippi case, guys. Please tune in for that. Give that a listen. Please share it. Share it on social media as well as all of these cases um, if you can. I appreciate it. And always, if you know any know anything regarding these cases, please call these hotlines that we plug in the show, um, the FBI, Mississippi FBI, and let them know, please. Um, and if you enjoyed what we're doing here at Sandu Podcast and True Crime Guys Productions, please consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. There is a link right below the description of this episode. And for just three bucks a month, you get early access to these Sandu proper episodes every Thursday instead of Monday, as well as access to our monthly show, Sandu Stories. And you get to hear strange shorts with me and Andy every single Monday. We actually do that show every Monday. We only release every fourth episode on the free platform during Sandu Stories Week. Okay? So, lots to, lot to be had here at TCG Productions. Also, check us out on YouTube, uh, True Crime Guys on YouTube, or uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, check out True Crime Guys proper, and uh, like I mentioned, Sandu Stories. The older episodes are now coming out on the free platform wherever you listen. So if you are a fan of Sandu Stories or you haven't tried it, now's your chance. You can check it out for free. I think four episodes are out on the free platform um, as I'm recording this. And there will be ten in season one, and they're released bi-weekly. So please go check that out. Go leave a review. uh, Go subscribe. Tell your friends. All that good stuff. All right? Well, we'll see you guys next week then. Uh, Me and Andy will for Strange Shorts. All right? Until then, just keep being strange. Just don't be strangers. See ya. enjoyed this episode please feel free to check out all the other shows on our tcg network as well as subscribing to our youtube channel starting every monday with new episodes of strange and unexplained followed every other tuesday by our audio drama podcast sandu stories then of course new episodes of true crime guys every wednesday and if that's not enough head on over to our patreon where you can have access to hundreds of hours of exclusive content including older episodes strange shorts the latest edition of sandu stories and of course higher thoughts. But until next time, guys, keep creeping. You hush your mouth, boy.